Hello and welcome to Classically Speaking, the new podcast by John Richmond. The concept is simple. John reads passages from the Bible over suitable classical music. That does sound very simple. Sad passage requires sad music and so on. The idea is to reflect on the Bible passage. You could read it for yourself first, then listen to it being read by John. The passage should come alive in your mind. We are going to go through the whole Bible. Without further ado, let's make a start. Welcome to Classically Speaking the Old Testament. John has decided to read his favorite passages from the Old Testament for this episode. We have now touched on the Old and New Testament and the Psalms. These first 10 episodes are to give you a taste of what is to come. There are hundreds of Bible passages to choose from. If you want your favorite Bible passage read, please, get in touch. John was asked recently, if having classical music in the background while reading from the Bible was a distraction. He replied that these podcasts are for reflection and meditation, they are not part of a church service. The first reading is the creation from Genesis chapter 1 verses 1 to 16. The music is Ave Maria from Rachmaninoff's Vespers. The second reading is the Ten Plagues from Exodus chapter 4 verses 14 to 29, chapter 8 verses 1 to 3, then chapter 8 verses 12 to 20. Chapter 9 verses 13 to 19, then chapter 10 verses 3 to 6, then from chapter 10 verses 21 to 23 and finally chapter 11 verses 4 to 6. The music is The Witch's Sabbath from Berlioz's Symphony Fantastique. The third reading is The Parting of the Red Sea, from Exodus chapter 14 verses 15 to 31. The music is The Overture from The Marriage of Figaro by Mozart. The fourth reading, is Joshua Stops the Moon from Joshua chapter 10 verses 10 and following. The music for this reading is The Saber Dance from Cockaturians' Guyana. The fifth reading is, David and Goliath from 1 Samuel chapter 17 verses 40 to 54. The music for this is the second movement of Rachmaninoff's second piano concerto. The sixth reading is the Queen of Sheba from 1 Kings chapter 10 verses 1 to 13. The music is the arrival of the Queen of Sheba from Handel's Solomon. And finally, the seventh reading is Jonah and the Whale from Jonah chapter 2. The music is Der Hula Ratch from the Magic Flute by Mozart. Have you read the Bible passages already, or are you going to hear them for the first time being read by John to the classical music? Remember, these podcasts are to help you reflect on the Bible passages. So close your eyes, sit back and relax. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. Now the earth was a formless void. There was darkness over the deep, with a divine wind sweeping over the waters. God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good and God divided light from darkness. God called light day and darkness he called night. Evening came and morning came the first day. God said let there be a vault through the middle of the waters to divide the waters in two. And so it was. God made the vault and it divided the waters under the vault from the waters above the vault. God called the vault heaven. Evening came, and morning came, the second day. God said, 
let the waters under heaven come together into a single mass and let dry land appear. And so it was. God called the dry land earth and the mass of water seas, and God saw that it was good. God said, let the earth produce vegetation, seed bearing plants and fruit trees in earth, bearing fruit with their seed inside, each corresponding to its own species. The earth produced vegetation of various kind of seed bearing plant and fruit trees with seeds inside, each corresponding to its own species. And so it was. God saw that it was good. Evening came and morning came the third day. God said, Let there be lights in the vault of heaven to divide day from night and let them indicate festivals, days and years. Let them be lights in the vault of heaven to shine on the earth. And so it was. God made the two great lights, the great light to govern the day, the smaller light to govern the night and the stars. Yahweh then said to Moses, Pharaoh is adamant. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh tomorrow morning as he makes his way to the water. Confront him on the river bank and in your hand take the staff that turned into a sake. Say to him, Yahweh, God of the Hebrews, sent me to say, let my people go and worship in the desert. Up till now you have refused to listen. This is what Yahweh says. You will know that I am Yahweh by this. With the staff that is in my hand, I shall strike the waters of the river, and they shall turn to blood. The fish in the river will die, and the river will stink, and the Egyptians will not be able to drink the river water. Yahweh said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Take your staff and stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt, over the rivers and canals, the marshland and all the reservoirs, and they will turn to blood. There will be blood throughout the whole of Egypt, even in sticks and stones. Moses and Aaron did as Yahweh ordered. He raised the staff and struck the waters of the river, with Pharaoh and his officials looking on, and all the water in the river turned to blood. The fish in the river died, and the river stank, and the Egyptians could no longer drink the river water. Throughout the whole of Egypt there was blood, but by their spells, the magicians of Egypt did the same. Pharaoh remained obstinate and, as Yahweh had foretold, refused to listen to Moses and Aaron. Pharaoh turned away and went back into his palace, taking no notice ever of this. And the Egyptians all dug holes along the riverbank in search of drinking water, since he could not drink the river water. After Yahweh struck the river, Seven days went by. Then Yahweh said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and say to him, Yahweh says this, 
let my people go and worship me. If you refuse to let them go, I shall strike your whole territory with frogs. The river will swarm with frogs. They will make their way into your palace, into your bedroom, onto your bed, into the houses of your officials and subjects, into your ovens, into your kneading bowls. The frogs will actually clamber onto you, onto your subjects, and to all your officials. Yahweh then said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Stretch out your hand with our staff over the rivers, the canals, and the marshland, and bring the frogs up over the land of Egypt. So Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. But by their spells, the magicians did the same, bringing frogs over the land of Egypt. Yahweh then said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Stretch out your staff, and strike the dust of the earth, and it will turn into mosquitoes throughout the whole of Egypt. Aaron stretched out his hand with his staff and struck the dust of the earth, turned into mosquitoes throughout the whole of Egypt. By their spells, the magicians tried to produce mosquitoes in the same way, but failed. And there were mosquitoes in man and beast. So the magician said to Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. But Pharaoh was obstinate and, as Yahweh had foretold, refused to listen to them. Yahweh then said to Moses, Get up early in the morning and confront Pharaoh as he makes his way to the water. Say to him, Yahweh says this, Let my people go and worship me. But if you will not let my people go, I shall send horseflies on you, on your officials, your subjects and your houses. The Egyptians' houses will swarm with horseflies, and so will the very ground they stand on. But I shall exempt the region of Goshen, where my people are living. That day, there will be no horseflies there. So that you will know that I am Yahweh, here in this country. I shall make a distinction between my people and your people. This sign will take place tomorrow. Yahweh did this, and great swarms of horseflies found their way into Pharaoh's palace, into his officials' houses, and all over Egypt. The country was ruined by horseflies. Yahweh then said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and say to him, Yahweh, God of the Hebrews, says this, Let my people go and worship me. If you refuse to let them go and detain them any longer, look, the hand of Yahweh will strike your livestock in the fields, horses, donkeys, camels, oxen and flocks with a deadly plague. Yahweh has fixed a time. Tomorrow, he has said, Yahweh will do this in the country. Next day, Yahweh did this. All the Egyptians' livestock died. Pharaoh had inquiries made and found that of all the livestock owned by the Israelites, not a single beast had died. But Pharaoh was obstinate and did not let the people go. 
Yahweh then said to Moses and Aaron, Take handfuls of soot from the kiln, and before Pharaoh's eyes, let Moses throw it in the air. It will turn into fine dust over the whole of Egypt, and produce burls breaking into scores of man and beast throughout the whole of Egypt. So they took soot from the kiln and stood in front of Pharaoh, and Moses threw it in the air, and on man and beast it brought out balls breaking into sores. Yahweh then said to Moses, Get up early in the morning and confront Pharaoh. Say to him, Yahweh, God of the Hebrews, says this, Let my people go and worship me. For this time I am going to inflict all my plagues on you, on your officials and on your subjects, so that you will know that there is no one like me in the whole world. Had I stretched out my hand to strike you and your subjects with pestilence, you would have been swept from the earth. But I have let you survive for this reason, to display my power to you and to have my name talked of throughout the world. Since you take a high hand with my people, refusing to let them go, very well, at about this time tomorrow, I shall cause so severe a hail to fall as is never known in Egypt from the day of the foundation until now. So now send word to have your livestock put under cover. On man and beast, all that happens to be in the fields are to be brought indoors. The hail will fall and they will die. Moses and Aaron then went to the Pharaoh and said to him, Yahweh, God of the Hebrews, says this, How much longer will you refuse to submit to me? Let my people go and worship me. Or if you refuse to let my people go, Tomorrow I shall send locusts into your country. They will cover the surface of the soil so that the soil cannot be seen. They will devour the remainder of what have escaped, what has been left after the hill. They will devour all your trees growing in the fields. They will fill your houses, all your officials' houses and all the Egyptians' houses, something your ancestors and your ancestors' ancestors have never seen from the day they first appeared on earth until now. Yahweh then said to Moses, Stretch out your hand towards heaven and let darkness, darkness so thick that it can be felt, cover Egypt. So Moses stretched out his hand towards heaven and for three days there was thick darkness over the whole of Egypt. No one could see anyone else or move about for three days. But all the Israelites did have light where they were living. Moses then said, Yahweh says this, At midnight, I shall pass through Egypt, and all the firstborn in Egypt will die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh, heir to the throne, to the firstborn of the slave girl at the mill, and all the firstborn of the livestock. Yahweh then said to Moses, 
Why cry out to me? Tell the Israelites to march on. Your part is to raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it so that the Israelites can walk through the sea on dry ground. While I, for my part, shall make the Egyptians so stubborn that they will follow them. And I shall win glory for myself at the expense of Pharaoh and all his army, chariots and horsemen. And when I have won glory for myself at the expense of Pharaoh and his chariots and horsemen, the Egyptians will know that I am Yahweh. Then the angel of God, who preceded the army of Israel, changed station and followed behind him. The pillar of cloud moved from their front and took position behind them. It came behind the army of the Egyptians and the army of Israel. The cloud was dark and the night passed without the one drawing any closer to the other the whole night long. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and Yahweh drove the sea back with a strong easterly wind all night and made the sea into dry land. The waters were divided and the Israelites went on dry ground right through the sea with walls of water on the right and left of them. The Egyptians gave chase and all Pharaoh's horses, chariots and horsemen went into the sea after them. In the morning watch, Yahweh looked down on the army of the Egyptians from the pillar of fire and cloud and threw the Egyptian army into confusion. He so clogged their chariot wheels that they drove on with difficulty which made the Egyptians say, let us free from Israel, for Yahweh is fighting on their side against the Egyptians. Then Yahweh said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea and let the waters flow back on the Egyptians and on their chariots and their horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and as day broke, the sea returned to its bed. The fleeing Egyptians ran straight into it, and Yahweh overthrew the Egyptians in the middle of the sea. The returning waters washed right over the chariots and horsemen of Pharaoh's entire army, which had followed the Israelites into the sea. Not a single one of them was left. The Israelites, however, had marched through the sea on dry ground with walls of water to right and left of them. That day, Yahweh rescued Israel from the clutches of the Egyptians lying dead on the seashore. When Israel saw the mighty deed that Yahweh had performed against the Egyptians, the people revered Yahweh and put their faith in Moses, his servant. Yahweh threw them into disorder at the site of Israel, defeated them completely at Gibeon. Furthermore, 
He pursued them by way of the descent of Beth Horon and harassed them as far as Azekar and as far as Machedion. And as he fled from Israel down the descent of Beth Haron, Yahweh hurled huge hailstones from heaven on them all the way to Azekar, and he died. More of them died under hailstones and under the swords of the Israelites. Joshua then spoke to Yahweh the day Yahweh had delivered the Amorites to Israelites in the presence of Israel. Joshua said, Sun, stand still over Gibeon, and Moon, you too, over the vale of Violon. Yahweh threw them into disorder at the site of Israel, defeated them completely at Gibeon. Furthermore, he pursued them by way of the descent of Beth Horon and harassed them as far as Azekar and as far as Machedion. And as he fled from Israel down the descent of Beth Haron, Yahweh hurled huge hailstones from heaven on them all the way to Azekar, and he died. More of them died under hailstones and under the swords of the Israelites. Joshua then spoke to Yahweh the day Yahweh had delivered the Amorites to Israelites in the presence of Israel. Joshua said, Sun, stand still over Gibeon, and Moon, you too, over the vale of Violon. He took a stick in his hand, selected five smooth stones from the riverbed and put them in the shepherd's bag and in his pouch. Then, sling in hand, he walked towards the Philistine. The Philistine, preceded by a shield bearer, came nearer and nearer to David. When the Philistine looked David up and down, what he saw filled him with scorn, because David was only a lad with ruddy cheeks and an attractive appearance. The Philistine said to David, Am I a dog for you to come after me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come over here, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the wild beasts. David retorted to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, spear and scimitar, but I come to you in the name of Yahweh Sabbath, God of the armies of Israel, whom you have challenged. Today, Yahweh 
will deliver you into my hand. I shall kill you. I shall cut off your head. Today I shall give your corpse and the corpses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the wild beasts, so that the whole world may know that there is a God in Israel, and this whole assembly know that Yahweh does not give victory by means of sword and spear, for Yahweh is Lord of the battle, and he will deliver you into our power. Though sooner had the Philistines started forward to confront David, that David darted out of the lines and ran to meet the Philistine. Putting his hand in his bag, he took out a stone, slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone penetrated his forehead and he fell face downwards on the ground. Thus David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. He hit the Philistine and killed him, though he had no sword in his hand. David ran and stood over the Philistine, seized his sword, pulled it from the scabbard, dispatched him and cut off his head. When the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. The men of Israel and of Judah started forward, shouting a war cry, and pursued the Philistines as far as the approaches of Gath and the gates of Ekron. The Philistine dead lay all along the road from Shearim as far as Gath and Ekron. Turning back, from the ferocious pursuit of the Philistines, the Israelites plundered the camp, and David took the Philistines' head and brought it to Jerusalem. His weapons, however, he put in his own tent.
He took a stick in his hand, selected five smooth stones from the riverbed and put them in the shepherd's bag and in his pouch. Then, sling in hand, he walked towards the Philistine. The Philistine, preceded by a shield bearer, came nearer and nearer to David. When the Philistine looked David up and down, what he saw filled him with scorn, because David was only a lad with ruddy cheeks and an attractive appearance. The Philistine said to David, Am I a dog for you to come after me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come over here and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the wild beasts. David retorted to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, spear and scimitar, but I come to you in the name of Yahweh Sabbath, God of the armies of Israel, whom you have challenged. Today, Yahweh will deliver you into my hand. I shall kill you. I shall cut off your head. Today, I shall give your corpse and the corpses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the wild beasts, so that the whole world may know that there is a God in Israel, and this whole assembly know that Yahweh does not give victory by means of sword and spear, for Yahweh is Lord of the battle, and he will deliver you into our power.
The Queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's fame and came to test him with a difficult question. She arrived in Jerusalem with a very large retinue, with camels laden with spices and an immense quantity of gold and precious stones. Having reached Solomon, she discussed with him everything that she had in mind and Solomon had an answer for all her questions. Not one of them was too obscure for the king to answer for her. When the Queen of Sheba saw how very wise Solomon was, the palace which he had built, the food at his table, the accommodation for his officials, the organisation of his staff and the way they were dressed, his cupbearers and the burnt offerings which he presented in the temple of Yahweh, it left her breathless and she said to the king, The report I heard in my own country about your wisdom and the handling of affairs was true then. Until I came and saw for myself, I did not believe the reports, but clearly I was told less than half. For wisdom and prosperity, you surpass what was reported to me. How fortunate your wives are! How fortunate these courtiers of yours, continually in attendance on you and listening to your wisdom. Blessed be Yahweh your God, who has shown you his favour by setting you on the throne of Israel. Because of Yahweh's everlasting love for Israel, he has made you king to administer law and justice. And she presented the king with a hundred and twenty talents of gold and great quantities of spices and precious stones. No such wealth of spices ever came again as those which the Queen of Sheba gave to a king, Solomon. Similarly, Hiram's fleet, which brought the gold from Ophir, also brought back great cargoes of Almog timber and precious stones. Of the Almog timber, the king made supports to the temple of Yahweh and for the royal palace, and harps and lyres for the musicians. No more of this Almog timber has come since or has been seen to this day. And King Solomon, in his turn, presented the Queen of Sheba with everything that she expressed a wish for. Besides those presents which she gave her, with a munificence worthy of King Solomon. After which, she went home to her own country, she and her servants. Now Yahweh ordained that the great fish should swallow Jonah. And Jonah remained in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. From the belly of the fish, Jonah prayed to Yahweh, his God. He said, Out of my distress, I cried to Yahweh, and he answered me. From the belly of Sheol, I cried out, You heard my voice. For you threw me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods closed around me. All your waves and bellows passed over me. Then I thought, I am banished from your sight. How shall I ever see 
your holy temple again. The waters round me rose to my neck. The deep was closing round me, seaweed twining round my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank into the underworld, and its bars closed round me forever. But you raised my life from the pit, Yahweh my God. When my soul was growing ever weaker, Yahweh, I remembered you, and my prayer reached you in your holy temple. Some abandoned their faithful love by worshipping false gods, but I shall sacrifice to you the songs of praise. The vow I have made I shall fulfil. Salvation comes from Yahweh. Yahweh spoke to the fish, which then vomited Jonah onto the dry land. We hope you enjoyed the latest installment. Tune in next time where John will read more Bible passages. In the meantime, be safe and take care. See you all next time.